the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. I'm Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. As I've shared with you before, in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees of law. That is to say, I'm a master of the laws of taxation law, and I'm also a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. And I am so pleased that both of my master's degrees were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, that's located in beautiful downtown San Francisco. And because of my training, my experiences, my interests, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, estates and trusts and wills, and real estate and taxation law. And I'm also proud to say that sometimes in my practice, I have an opportunity to seek out and vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves victims of the various forms of financial elder abuse. I am, as always, pleased to come to you again this week from the beautiful KFAX studios that are located in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area to discuss financial and legal issues confronting families and small business owners. However, I must once again caution that this show does not provide any legal advice and I'm not developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives to provide an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances And hopefully, it'll help you gain and develop an outline of some of the issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. Because, as I'm known for saying, if you try to deal with your own legal matter without competent counsel or financial counsel, you might find yourself in the circumstances of one who goes to a gunfight with a butter knife and... Those odds are not good for you. Uh, yeah, you might succeed, but more than likely, you're going to find that your valid claim or your righteous defense is going to see the promised land long before you do. So, again, the purpose of Selwyn's Law here on KFAX, in case you haven't guessed, is to s- discuss the laws related to your money, or unfortunately, the lack thereof, and your finances 
and some of the things you need to consider to protect your family's financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational forum. Today, I want to start a discussion on how we should deal with all the aspects of retirement, but not just retirement, um, what kind of attitude we should take into our 50s, 60s, and beyond. And, you know, what we need to consider uh, how to fund our retirement in the wake of the recent volatility in the stock market, where many of us have 401ks or other kinds of retirement vehicles, and some of us have stock. And what the hell is this inverted yield curve? And what does it have to do with the stock market and my retirement savings? So that's what we want to touch on today. But more important than money in old age, in my opinion, and many others, is the fact that we have a duty to ourselves and our loved ones to get the very best out of what I affectionately call our second childhood. Sometimes, this time, we don't have to wear diapers, but then again, maybe we do, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. But, you know, I read this wonderful article. Um, I've um, taken some correspondence courses in um, in Europe because uh, they have a different attitude about education sometimes than we do here, and I've taken some courses through um, uh, Denmark and other places, and I came across this wonderful article by um, Dr. Paul Eric Tindebach. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. And he considers himself to be a social entrepreneur. He also lectures and he's an author on transition work that all of us must go through when we reach what he calls our third age. And he's a PhD uh, in education from the University of Denmark and In his third career, he's exclusively focusing on guidance and counseling of adults as they make the transition from full-time work to retirement or to maybe another kind of full-time work, which is something that I plan to do. um, According to Dr. Tindebach, there are four things that mature people need to consider to be the most important things in life. And that is understanding that when we reach 60 plus, it's a new beginning and we need to think about it as such. He says, lives are perceived in our culture to be a downward spiral. This doesn't make it easy for new retirees to see their own story as a new beginning. But when new roles, such as becoming a grandparent for the first time, um, that those, those are parts of life that could be very rewarding and we need to welcome them and embrace them. 30 years ago, English historian Peter Lindstack described the third age as the culmination of life when the individual can deliver the most important contributions. And with the average life expectancy anymore of 80, it's difficult to, to see that the last 20 years of the average person's life, should go without having any true meaning or purpose. To find well-meaning later in life, it is therefore important 
to spot the starting line for the new beginning and give yourself, ourselves, plenty of time to think of our new purposes in life. It is the doctor's impression that few people allow themselves the time to find the compass for their own direction and purpose in life in their third age. And so that being the number one thing is that you need to realize that 60 plus is a new beginning and set aside time to really contemplate and think about what you do. And the next three of these four major concepts um, are what he wants us to focus on. And the second one is for a good life in your third age, you want to keep healthy physically and mentally as long as possible and try to shorten the fourth age, which is filled with fragility and disease and ultimate decline. So if you have 20 or 30 years left, you want to make sure that as much of it is is on the side of being physically and mentally healthy. And that includes, you know, plenty of exercise and good food and, and fresh air and clean water and good friends and, you know, loved ones. And sometimes that means that you have to love yourself, which is nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, so he, he, he relates a story of how any more um, fitness centers are really honing in on 60-plusers. That is to say, when you go to the gym these days, you're liable to run into a bunch of people that are you know, in their late 50s, in their 60s, and beyond because they realize the need for good physical activity. And it's a way, if you have a healthy body, you'll likely have a, a, a healthy mind. And um, you, you can focus on good relationships and a positive uh, a brain chemistry that comes about because a lot of people in America anymore are single. And just because you're single, because you're unmarried or you never got married or you're unmarried because of divorce or your spouse has um, gone on before you. Uh, so loneliness is an issue that people have to confront. And the best way to combat that is to bring you know, quality people into your life and try to keep, you know, people who are evil or have, you know, bad concepts or who are, have toxic, um, uh, uh, they believe that's an imp- a good relationship or selfish, narcissistic people, you know, you need to try to keep them out of your life. And unfortunately, some of those people are related to us. <laughs> that's really hard to do. But you need to have a frank and honest discussion because, again, um, when you become in in your late 50s and 60s, you have so much to give the rest of the world, and you don't want to have it um, confined through toxicity of other people. The third thing we, we need to do, and this is really important, do something that you're good at and that it's meaningful to you. And that's Easier than it sounds, because by the time you're in your uh, fifth or sixth decade, you hopefully have had a lot of experiences, and some of them have been very successful, and you can hone those skills. And if you are able and don't want to work 
after you retire, you can use those things as a hobby. And, you know, a, a lot of my friends who are in their 60s and 70s, they get a whole lot of joy out of gardening. Now, because <laughs> I, I spent part of my time dealing with family on a farm, you know, I kind of like don't care too much about gardening. But that's an excellent way to get outside and be close to the earth, be close to nature. And so some people do that as a full-time job um, after they retire. So whatever it is that makes you happy and gives you joy that you get a lot out of, because the fourth thing you want to do is give back. And we'll talk about that when we come back on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on having a good and productive life in our 50s, 60s, and beyond while keeping an eye on and safeguarding our retirement savings because that's going to be the juice that allows us to do some of these other uh, great things that we want to do in our lives. So before the break, I was sharing with you um, the thoughts of um, uh, a social entrepreneur out of Denmark. That is to say, we need to understand that when we hit 60, it's a beginning. It's a new beginning. It's an opportunity to enter into the third phase of our life with um, a lot of joy and use that as a baseline. And We want to make sure that our remaining years, we are in good physical and mental health. And if we realize the joy of being in our 50s, 60s, and beyond, and that we're doing the things that we need to do to stay mentally and physically healthy, then that'll give us an opportunity to think about and contemplate what it is we're good at and what gives us meaning, and so we can focus in on that. Um, The author goes on to say, some people in their third age have already found their passion and are in full swing with whatever that is, including some hobbies. And I talked about gardening, uh, both literally and and, and figuratively. Uh, It means cultivating something that we can watch grow and prosper. And that includes our children and our grandchildren, or maybe our great-grandchildren. And and that's uh, something truly wonderful uh, to be able to be involved in. I myself, I am um, putting in place um, a platform uh, that is going to uh, curate information for uh, women, headed households, and communities of color, small businesses and communities of color, small businesses in general. And I'm really excited about that as a new opportunity. In fact, I went back to school to my alma mater to take part of an entrepreneurship program. And I have a couple of mentors that are helping me, um, you know, uh, figure out how to fund um, my new venture. Uh, It's it's called Selwyn's Law. (laughs) And it's a platform, like I said, to disseminate information to of uh, people my age, uh, women, uh, and small business owners, and so that gives me a lot of joy. In fact, I'm I'm writing a book on the on the subject. So it's like 
and it's because of my experience as a as a lawyer and a financial analyst and a planner that I'm I'm decided that that's what I want to do in my third age. But also there's a fourth component according to the doctor that we need to think about. While we're doing what it is that gives us joy, we need to make sure that we're doing something that's good for others and that is part of what I I look forward to doing. The doctor says one of the reasons why the third age uh, not only offers a good life, but it can become the culmination of life. Uh, it, it, uh, it, it's all about the continuation of something that we learned in the first phase of our lives, in the second phase of our lives when we were starting families and starting, you know, our, our, our careers, and then we get really good at our careers, and, and then we get ready to retire. We go into the third phase, and we need to think about whatever we're going to do, be it part of our church community or part of our lay work that we do out in the community. We really need to figure out what it is that we can do that to give back. That's basically uh, what doing something good for others entails. The uh, he, the doctor goes on to say the movement uh, may also be reflected in the research in Denmark about which age groups are the most involved in doing something good for others. The report on the national voluntary activities from 2016 to 2018 showed that people 65 to 70 are most active with weekly contributions to social problems. Around 85% of the respondents said the motivation to volunteer is the experience of helping others and making a difference. So I just wanted to start off our discussion about that icky yoke curve and the craziness in the stock market by reminding us all that life, although we need money to have a good life, Life is about doing good to ourselves, for ourselves, but more importantly, for others. So let's talk about this inverted yield curve. Last Wednesday, this is from Barron's Magazine, last Wednesday, August 14, 2019, saw the largest decline in the Dow Jones Industrial Average since the year's market swoon about a decade ago. All of the indexes, so Dow Jones, Standard & Poor 500, and the NASDAQ, which is composed of high-technology companies for the most part, they all went down 3%. And the emphasis of the sell-off was the fact that the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond briefly fell below the two-year bond. And so there is um, a truism in the marketplace that when shorter-term rates that is to say the two-year, exceed long-term rates. That is to say people were willing to pay more for the short-term than they were for the long-term rates. And when you think about it, that's kind of weird. If you tie money up for 10 years, you should get a higher return because there's a greater hit risk horizon for something to go wrong in 10 years because of market fluctuations. You should want to... Um, get a higher yield on a longer rate than a two-year, which is a relatively short term. That should be going for less. But when the opposite, when they flip, 
That's what's known as the inverted yield curve. And historically, it has meant that a recession is coming within the next 18 to 24 months, historically. So when you buy stock, they'll tell you historic trends that not necessarily project the future. But in the stock market, many people, they, they buy on the rumor that a particular stock is going to go up and they sell when news comes out. And that's what happened. The inverted yield curve caused people to believe that a recession was coming and people started desiring to take their money out of the stock market. And that caused the stock market last Wednesday to drop 800 points. But if you've been paying attention, um, it has um, clawed back about uh, 60, 65 percent of that. So if you're going to invest in the stock market, it's kind of like eat to plant the seed and just walk away from it, come back periodically, put some water on it, put some fertilizer on it, make sure it's out in the sun uh, because the stock market does fluctuate. That's what it does. But historically, the fluctuations are such that it's always on an upward curve. But if you watch the stock market every day, uh, especially the volatile times, uh, political times that we have right now, you're going to make yourself crazy. So if you're a young person or a middle-aged person and you have a long horizon with which, it, with which to, uh, before you retire, because you're using this money to fund your retirement, you just got to like invest in good quality companies and, 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 and check up on them and, you know, um, buy on the rumor and sell on the news um, and just kind of go about your business. However, if you're nearing retirement, you don't have an opportunity if the market crashes to recover because you don't have the 20 to 30 to 40 years that a young a younger person might have. If you're a bit ready to retire, you need to contemplate, if you haven't already started, uh, pulling um, your equities out and putting them into uh, bonds or other kinds of investment vehicles that aren't as volatile. And all of us need to have a, a balanced portfolio, not have all of our investments in one basket and periodically look at your portfolio and reshift it. But it, again, I use the farming analogy. You know, plant good seeds in good soil with good fertilizer. Those are companies <laughs> that are, you know, some of us also add in the mix a company that's doing right by society and right by the world. Uh, so you, you have that mix, and then you just kind of let the plant grow and prosper on its own, okay? But then when you get closer to the time where you need to go in and reap the, the crop to use that for funding your retirement, you you don't have as much the, the time to watch something grow. So you need to put it in a safe basket where it'll be there when you need to pull it out. And that's not to say take all your money out and put it in cash, although you should have some money in cash. You need to have a mixed basket of investments that'll see you through. And the closer you are to retirement, then you need to have safer kinds of investments because, again, you won't have the 20 or 30 years to recover that younger people have. And so the bottom line of all this inverted yield curve, here's, here's a, a short way to look at it. 
if a short-term yield is 1% and the long-term yield is 4%, then banks can pocket the 3% difference because banks, they use, they borrow money from, uh, based on the short term and they lend it to us on the long term. And so when the yield curve is inverted, banks stop making loans. So it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. They don't make loans. They can't make money. There's no cash flow. And then there's a recession. We don't need that. So I'm going to leave it there for now. Till next time, as I like to say here on Selwyn's Law, let's stay on the right side of the law, including the laws of the marketplace. Till next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.